0: I want to continue this series as we do it. This is part number two of this series. As we do that, um, I, I, be, I want to teach you some things that have been taught to me. I want to do it as accurately as possible. In, in our life, we experience some things that we want to capture, you know, some things we want to remember. So we have become experts at the selfie. So I've, I brought you some examples this morning. Here's our first selfie. There we go. That's McKinley and his lovely bride those aren't even real sunglasses. Technology, how do we do this? It's crazy. I have another one. This is an amazing picture of McKinley, actually. That's one of his best, one of his best looks there. I think he had just finished some Botox. I'm not sure. That's McKinley, and, and these are moments we want to capture, and so I've got one that we have captured from one of our pastors. There we go. This is Donnie, and he's He's holding on I'm not sure how he did that. It's the, Frankly, that's just a miracle. We're just going to have to call that a miracle is all that is. Um, sometimes it's something, a place that we have been that's so amazing. This is from one of my former students. I think she is living in Japan now. I don't know how she got above the clouds. Either she's on a mountain or she's taking that through an airplane. I don't know. But that's the sunset above the clouds. It was just amazing. And... Those are moments she's captured that because she wants to remember that she wants to be able to kind of go back to that. Um, so I've got another picture here of one of our pastors here. There's Cole. That's that's Cole, and and again we're witnessing a miracle here because Cole has on lipstick, and I'm not sure how that happened. If you're not familiar with Snapchat, he has snapchatted himself into some lipstick. I'm not I'm not sure, but we wanted to make sure we hung on to that. And actually. His little girl right there, beside him, she's going to be in kindergarten tomorrow, so uh, Cole's makeup's going to run tomorrow. It's going. To, in fact, I think it is now. I hear him sniffing back there. It's, he's not looking forward to that. We have these moments we want to capture. Here's one more. This is something you want to remember if you're scuba diving and a whale pops up behind you. You might want to snap a chat on that and hang on to it. These are things we don't want to forget, so we kind of capture those moments. We want to be able to look at it, and we want to remember. We, we want to look at whatever it is that we have captured and be able to go back to that place emotionally, even if we can't be there physically. We want to mentally be able to visit that place, so we capture the moment to help us remember. Now, last week, as we began this series, we were talking all about this, all about hope. That's what it was about. And we said this, you're never really out of hope Even if you find yourself down on the mat, being counted out in this life, you're never really out. It it, it could be in your finances. You don't have to be out. It can be in a relationship. You don't have to be down and out. Because with Jesus, there is always a hope that you can get back up after you've been knocked down. That's what we talked about last week. Now today, today is for you. It's for everybody. If you right now in your life feel like you are down for the count and someone is trying to count you out, today is for you. Or if you have been down before, somewhere in your past, you have been down on the mat and you thought you were out, but you weren't. Today is for you. And it's also for you if maybe, maybe you just know that this life is difficult and it's tough and there is going to be a day somewhere in your future. You just know because life is difficult, there will be a day when you are down on the mat and they are trying to count you out. Today is for you. It's for you. You see, we have these moments in our life where we feel like when we are down, either you've had it, or you have one now, or you know one is coming, where there feels like there is no hope. Now, certainly, not all of our life is filled with moments that are hopeless. Not all of our life has been spent with moments that are just in the dark, in the dark places in our lives. We often have moments that do brighten us up, that, that do shed some light in our lives, Where some good things have happened. We all have some of those moments. They're there. Moments that warm up our emotions. And and they make the world around us right again. You know, we have those moments. Now, those moments are special to us. Because it's in those moments. It's in those moments of light that we experience. That we know that God is at work. He hasn't abandoned us. He hasn't left us. And so let's take just a moment with the band right now and and let's, let's celebrate the fact that we do have these moments of light where God reminds us I am in control. I am with you. I have not abandoned you. Let's do that right now. So those moments are, are very important to us because it's in those moments that we know we're not alone. We know that God loves us. Those moments of light where he makes everything seem right in our world, we know he cares for us. These moments of light, they're super important to us because when we find ourselves in dark, we need to be able to remember the light. We need to be able to remember that God has done something for us in the light. We need to be able to remember what God did through us in the light. But that's not our tendency. You see, our tendency is to doubt, to doubt in the dark what we learned in the light. Now... Let me give you a personal example of that. When I was about in the second grade, we've got a picture of me. I don't know how old I am. I've got to be close to the second grade there. I'm the little goofy one in the front. That's me. So here's another one just to confirm the goofiness. Now I'm the goofy one on the right. And my sister, who's closest in age, she's on the other side of the chair there standing up. That's me, me, uh, me and my sister. I'm somewhere around the second grade at this point, and we're living in Fayetteville, Arkansas. And uh, in October of that year, um, they had a haunted house. Now, the Washington Court a uh, jailhouse, not courthouse, that's the Washington County Jail, was... And it had just closed because they had built a new jail the, around the time I was in the second grade. So that building at this time, look how medieval that is. I mean, that is just crazy looking. So nothing was happening inside of there. So they allowed it to be rented out and somebody put on a haunted house. Now, the court of the, the house is uh, downtown Fayetteville. So it's not far from Dixon Street. Not very. It's very, very close to the college campus, and this was designed for college students and Here I am in the second grade. My uh, sister is a few years older than I am, and um, we uh, are invited by some college kids that my parents trusted, why they trust them. I have no idea, um, but they invited us to go to the haunted house with them, and so we were like, "Yeah, that sounds like great fun let 's do it let 's go to the haunted house um, well um, didn't turn out so well. I mean, it, it, I think it was really haunted. I, it was, it was horrible. It it was, I, I, to this day, at this very moment, from this point, I can say this, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or tonight or this afternoon, but from this point, I, in my entire life, have never been that scared as I was, In the second grade, going through that high, it's never happened. I've never had a scarier moment in my life than that. I, I mean, I can't express how horrific of an experience that was. As soon as I got outside, it got a little bit better. By the time I got home, I think I had adjusted, and I think I was okay. So it was time for bed that night. Time for day. So here's what we did. My family, as we were going to bed at night, it was kind of like the Waltons, only our version was this. Good night, sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite. That's what we said. I, at that time, I had no idea what bed bugs were. I thought they were cute little ladybug type things. I didn't know it. Anyway, so that was my nighttime routine. Everything was great in the world and happy. I was safely at home. And then, and then I had to go and turn off the lights. And it was at that moment, the world was not okay. Because suddenly my room was filled, I mean literally filled, with vampires, monsters, every sort of horrid creature you could imagine. They all entered my room at that moment. I was not okay. I'm sure I was laying in my bed shivering and crying. And I went, or someone had mercy on me. (laughs) I can't remember. It was too horrific. They turned the lights on, and it was like, oh, oh, it was just a shadow. How there were shadows at night, I don't know. But it was a shadow. It was was okay. There were no monsters, no vampires. I was okay. I could look around. I looked around. Okay. It's just my room. I'm okay. I'm going to make it. It's just a room. We're okay. So, hey, good night. Hey, thanks. Thanks for saving me with the light. Good night. And I was okay. But then the lights went out. And I wasn't okay. I wasn't okay. And so I turned the lights back on. Oh, oh. It's okay. There's nothing here. Nothing here. I, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be okay. Turn the lights out. But I wasn't okay. <laughs> It was bad. Yeah, I wasn't okay. Every time I turned the light, I mean, even though it was just a moment ago, just a mere moment, I couldn't remember that it was okay. I couldn't remember that with the lights on, everything was okay, and remember everything was But as soon as it got dark, I just couldn't remember what it was like in the light. I was freaking out in the dark. If we want to be ready in our lives for the moments that we are down, for the moments that we are in the dark, we have to be ready and able to remember those moments of light. You see, we forget. We forget what God did in the light when we find ourselves in the dark. And we all have those moments. We often never forget what God didn't do for us when we were in the dark. I mean, we want to blame him for those times. Well, you didn't do this, and you didn't take this away from me, and you didn't take me out of this situation or get that person out of my life. You didn't do that. You didn't show up the way I wanted you to in the dark. We blame him for that. Do you know what else we have a tendency to do? We have a tendency, when we do have moments of light where, where good things happen, when we have those moments of light, we have a tendency to take the credit for those. Well, I really am pretty good. I mean, I did pretty good there, didn't I? I mean, yeah, maybe God had something to do with it. I don't know, but it was really a lot. Me, I had a lot to do with it. We take credit for what happens in the light, and we give all God, God all the blame for what happens in the dark. It seems like our memories about the whole thing get a little distorted. As we look back, our memories of the dark are distorted. As we look at what happened in the light, our memories of the light are distorted. So this morning, I I want you to know this, that the dark doesn't have to be as dark. Because the light can bring us hope. And it can bring hope into a dark situation in your life, but only if we choose to remember what happened in the light. So, now, stepping into the ring, the Israelites. They were constantly forgetting about what God did for them in the light, constantly. Let me give you some examples. They were in slavery. They were about to face a complete genocide where they were going to be wiped off this earth. But God did the unimaginable. God got them out of Egypt. And in order to do it, he did some amazing things. Ten mind-shattering plagues that he brought against Egypt, but he protected the Israelites. And they saw this whole thing go down. And it was like a great moment of light. You know what else he did? Once they were given permission to leave Egypt, the Egyptians went back to their homes and they gathered up their gold and their silver and their jewelry and their fine things. They put them in bags and they stuck them into the luggage of the Israelites who were leaving. The Israel nation actually left Egypt as a very wealthy nation. From slavery to instant wealth because God had the the Egyptians do that. That was amazing. That was a moment of light. And so they leave Egypt. And so moments later, after all of these plagues and after they've loaded them down with all their wealth, now the Israelites, they're backed up against the Red Sea. The army is on their way. Because they changed their mind. And they said, oh, well, we really want to kill them after all. So they're on their way to kill them. And now they're freaking out. God had just done all of those things. And they forgot that. And they're like, God has abandoned us. We would be better off if we were slaves than this. But God comes through. You know what he does? You probably do. He parted the water. And they went across on dry land. About a million people crossed through. Wow. And then the army followed them. And God let the water go, and the army drowned. That was a great moment, a moment of light, a moment you would want to capture. I mean, I'm sure if they had had cell phones, they would be like walking away, and the the army behind them, and to have a great selfie. They had a selfie stick, or they put it on the nose of a camel. It's like hold it right there, good. But no. As soon as they left there, soon after, they got thirsty. And they forgot everything that God had done. That was their nature. That was their history. On and on and on, God would show up and God would show out and do something really cool time and time and time again. And did they remember it? Nope, they didn't remember it. They forgot. When the dark moments came, they kept forgetting everything that God had done for them. Do you know that, that during the day, God would, would show his presence to them by this very specific cloud? It was just no ordinary cloud. It was like, oh, oh, yeah, that's God. And then at night, God showed his presence for them with a pillar of fire. God was there, moments of light, but then they would forget. Do you know what God did when they had no water? God gave them fresh water time and time again. God actually gave them food every single morning. But guess what? They kept forgetting the moments of light. They kept forgetting what God did in the light. And they constantly were doubting God when things got dark. Now, step into the ring, us. We do the very same thing. God has done some significant things for you and for me in our lives. But it seems like as soon as we enter a dark moment, our tendency is to forget everything that God has done. And then we wonder where God is. And we can't get too judgmental of the Israelites because it's pretty natural for us to do the very same thing that they did. Have you ever seen a hungry baby? A hungry baby, maybe two months old, maybe a month old. That baby, as soon as it gets hungry with every ounce of energy that it has in its body and every bit of air it can pack in those tiny lungs, it screams as if it has never, ever, ever, ever been fed before and it will never, ever, ever be fed again. And it's never missed a meal. But we are the very same way. God is constantly showing up around us and in our lives, but oh, how quickly we forget. The Israelites experienced God and forgot God over and over and over again for 40 years. Now, at this point in the story where we're going to pick it up, they finally, God has finally given them permission to enter into this promised land. They're on the edge of the Jordan River. Now, this is a problem because it's during the harvest. It's at flood stage. This is a problem. It wouldn't be a problem if just two, three, four, five people were trying to get across. They could make it across. They could figure it out. But this was a million people or so. They're trying to get across. This was dangerous. This This seemed for them insurmountable. And here's where we pick up the story. God has given them a plan and a path. He's made a way, and here's how it happens. Joshua chapter 3, starting with verse 14. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. They could see the promised land on the other side of the river. They left the camp to cross the Jordan, and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season, so that makes it about April or May, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks, which means at the widest point was about 300 feet wide. Now, I'm sure they didn't cross at the widest point, but the river was at this time now about 10 to 12 feet deep, moving quickly, swiftly. It was a problem to get that many people and children and livestock and all to the other side. It was a problem. So, but as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above the point began backing up a great distance away. And it gives a couple of town names there. So the water starts backing up. And it goes on. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. So it's backed up here, this giant wall of water. And now the riverbed is dry. Not muddy, not uh, moist. Is that it's dry. Meanwhile, verse 17, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. And they waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. Now, I need to make a little commentary here. Don't miss the message that we are going to present out of this story. Don't miss the message because perhaps for you, you might be hearing that and you might be saying that. That's no miracle. That never happened. You might be thinking to yourself, that didn't happen. I can't believe that. That's crazy. Myself, personally, I'm not trying to push my view or my beliefs on you. I'm just presenting this. But let me tell you what my view is. I believe this really happened. I believe this was a miracle, that God did this specifically right here. It's a miracle. Yes, it's, I believe it's miraculous. But if you have trouble, I'm not trying to say that you have to believe this in order for you to benefit from what we're talking about this morning. And I'm not trying to tell you this, that you even have to believe this You don't have to believe this in order for you to understand what Jesus did for you on the cross and how he died for you. I happen to believe this. I believe this really happened. But I don't want you, if you're struggling with that, I don't want you to let that cause you to miss what we're teaching this morning. I believe the ground was dry as they passed through. And as they did, I can just imagine the people saying, God, you did it. You really came through for us. And I can imagine God saying, hey, listen, guys. I've done it before. I've I've done this very thing before. This exact thing. I've done it before. How have you so quickly forgotten? You know, part of our tendency is... When we get something that we want, you know what happens? We quickly want something else. As soon as I forget what I have, I'm on to the next thing. I'm ready to move on. We seem to take, just watch a child at Christmas. They open it, they put it aside, and they move on. They re- and then they may never go back to it but we're the same way. I I take for granted what I have, the very thing that maybe I prayed for and I wanted so badly. And God must be thinking in my life, Harley, let's do this a little differently. I can only imagine that God was thinking that about the Israelites. Hey, this time we're going to do this differently. I've done this whole parting the water thing before why have you forgotten this? Let's do this differently. So maybe you won't forget so quickly. So the story continues. Chapter 4, verse 1 of Joshua. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, Take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan and carry them out in a pile. Pile them up in the place where you're going to camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men that he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. And I imagine these were beasts of men. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each one of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. They carried these Giant stones out on their shoulder. Twelve stones in all, one for each of the tribes of Israel, verse 6. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, Daddy, 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 Mommy, Mommy, what do these stones mean? And then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Now, let's just be honest. I mean, that was giant. God stopped the water. It mounted up into a giant wall. The rest of it flowed down, and the ground God made dry. That's pretty huge. I would think, you're not going to have to try to remember that. I mean, that's one of those moments that's going to stick with you. You don't don't have to worry about it. You're going to remember that. But no. No, we won't. We won't. They wouldn't, and we won't, and we wouldn't, and we haven't, and they didn't. So God said, Let's do it different. So He did. It goes on. So the men did as Joshua commanded them, they took 12 stones from the middle. One for each of the tribes, just as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them to the place where they camped for the night. And they constructed a memorial there. It was the first selfie. It was something to capture the moment. To look back upon and to remember. Remember, this is what God did. And this is where he did it. To remember what God did in the light. Why? Why? Because God doesn't want you to doubt in the dark what you have learned in the light. For me, in my life. In my office, I I, I keep a little notebook. And it's a notebook that I've been keeping since I was in junior high. It's Well, I don't keep that notebook anymore, but... It was from it was from my junior high high school days. And it's significant because I, I can look into that notebook and I can see places where I prayed for things and where God did things. It's moments of light. I have them recorded. There are other moments where I prayed for things and God said, wait. There are other moments where I prayed for things and God said, huh. But I haven't recorded, and they are all moments of light when I look back through there. It's pretty amazing for me. Because I remember. Them. I remember what God did for me in the light. You know what else is in there? Two things. Two things in there as well. One is a little card. And on that card, I have written down, on that card, the date uh, from from the night I decided to become a Christ follower. To make Jesus the boss of my life. I have it written down and it's in that book. Now, I'm not trying to make you doubt. Not everybody knows the date. We don't all know that. I I happen to because I wrote it down that night. I'm not trying to make you doubt your moment where you made Jesus your boss, but I have mine written down. It's in that notebook, and and I remember when I see that I remember what God and it takes me back to that place emotionally and in my mind. I can't be there physically, but in my mind I can remember what God did for me in the light. There's another little card there, and there's another date on that card, and I've got it. I punched a little hole and I've got it in that notebook and. On, on that card, it's the date where I decided to say, Jesus, you can have this live. He was already my boss, but now I was saying, Jesus, I will do whatever you ask me to do. I felt like God was calling me to some kind of ministry. I didn't know what. I didn't know if it was going to be with teenagers or if he was going to send me to Africa or if I was going to be with teenagers in Africa. I had no idea. I just simply said, God, whatever it is, I'm going to say yes right now. You can fill in the details later. I've got that card in there because it was significant. It was a moment that I wanted to remember and look back on and capture that moment to say, I don't want to forget what you have done for me in the light. Here's another example. This jar, it's filled with all kinds of things. Everything... Don't don't get sick and throw up here. Everything revolves around Vanessa and myself. And everything in there, it it reminds me, it reminds me that God has not abandoned me. It reminds me that God didn't leave me. That God didn't just leave me to my own life to just wither up and and just die. He, He didn't leave me. And it's significant to me. It reminds me of God's grace and God's mercy in my life. Every time I look at these things. You know what? You are that for me as well. When I see the church, I'm not talking about this building. This building is not a church, it's a building. And I'm not talking about the building where we started, which was the movie theater. That's not... The church, it's a movie theater. You are the church. And every time I see you being the church, loving the people around you, praying for the people around you, caring for the people around you, every time I see you walk into this building, you, the church, in this building, when I see you, I'm reminded of the light. I'm reminded God allowed me. Why? I have no idea. He should not have, but some reason. He knows no earthly reason could support it. Somehow he's allowed me to be part of you. You are a moment of light for me as well. It gives me hope. When I am in the dark, we all need something that will point us to, that will remind us of what God has done for us in the light. Remembering what God did for you in the light, it will provide you hope when you find yourself in the dark. When you're tempted to believe that he won't or he can't and he doesn't want to, You can look back at something and remember, He is faithful. So, what might that be for you? What can that be for you? For some of you, it might be a place. There there might be a physical place that every time you drive by that place or every time you visit that place, a building, a a city, a location, a, a specific bench, I don't know what, but there could be a place for you, very specific, that reminds you of what God did for you in the light. Maybe that's what it is for you. For Israel, it was the 12 stones. For you, it might be a bench. It could even be a person. There could be somebody in your life. Every time you see them, you'll remember what God did for you in the light. It might be an item of some sort. Who <laughs> do know. It could be handcuffs. I don't know what it might be for you. Maybe you could start a journal. That could be it for you. Maybe there's this song that every time you hear it, you go back to that place. Ooh, no, I think that's the David song. That's the song. That's not it. But for you, it could be. There are so many songs out there that talk about how God has done things for us, His mercy and His grace. Maybe for you, maybe it is a song. Maybe there's something like, I, I've heard examples of people telling me like, that song, Redeemed, it just, it just says something about my life and it reminds me of what God has done. It could be that song, Even If. It could be the song, Broken Hallelujah. I, I don't know, but maybe for you, there's a song that reminds you of what God did for you in the light. And when you are in the dark and you hear that song, you remember. And your dark is not so dark anymore <clears throat> another example for me at one very specific point in my life a very specific moment God spared me in that moment he breathed life back into me And that moment now has become a moment of light now I am no artist. I can only at best pretend to be. I'm a wannabe. I'm no artist. I've never known how to paint. I've never been trained. I want to learn. But having never painted anything in my life, shortly after that moment that God breathed some life back into me when there was no earthly reason why he should have, he put breath back into this broken guy. Shortly after that, I, I painted these. I'm sorry, Facebook Live, you can't see them. They're not worth seeing, frankly. But I painted these pictures. They're not much, they have no real artistic value or understanding. But every time I see them, I'm reminded. I'm reminded of my love that I have for these four kiddos. But beyond that, I'm reminded that that God has repurposed me. Instead of taking my life and throwing me into the dumpster where I belong and where I should have been, quite frankly. He repurposed me. And when I see these, that's what I remember as well. He didn't throw me away. God didn't throw me away. And I want you to know this, that for you in your life, your dark does not have to be so dark. Will you choose To go back into the middle of that river and find a stone for your life to make a memorial. Today I'm asking you this. Will you look over your life today? And will you make some kind of memorial or identify one to remind you that when your life gets dark, it will remind you of what God has done for you in the light. In just a moment, the bands, they're on their way up. They're coming up right now. We're, we're going to sing a song to our amazing Heavenly Father. He is a promise maker and He is a promise keeper. Will you make or see or identify something that when your life is in the dark place, it will remind you that God has not left you. He has not abandoned you. Remember in your dark place, what God has done for you in the light. Let's pray. God, I ask you to help us. Help us remember what you have done in the light. Help us to remember what you have done to change us so that our dark days won't be as dark. And help us to tell those who are around us because, God, your example to the Israelites you said, in the future, your children will ask you, what did these stones mean? And then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing so we could cross. Help us to remember what you have done in the light. Help us to remember what you have done in and around our lives, our own personal river crossings, where you changed us. God, where you rearranged us, where you made a difference. Help us to remember what you did in the light so that in our dark days, they won't be so dark. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Redeemer, our Savior, we pray. Amen.